delighted that you have found the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. I'm Angela Cox, your host and indeed the Mindset Mentor, and I'll be interviewing executives and founders at the top of their game to find out what lies beneath. I want to know what makes people proud, how they define success, what holds them back and indeed what drives them forward. This is authentic and natural conversation with the best in the business. So listen in, enjoy and if you love what you hear, please do leave a review. And now over to today's guest. So welcome to today's podcast. Now I'm here in my new office in Chichester and opposite me on the Zoom screen is the wonderful Tiffany Wilcox and she absolutely is a force of nature. Tiffany is in Southampton today which is where she lives and she's Chief Technology Officer for the charity Marie Curie. I first met Tiffany a couple of years ago now when I spoke at a leadership conference for Specsavers, which is where Tiffany has spent a good chunk of her career. I think you did eight years there. Welcome, Tiffany. It's great to see you over the Zoom channel. How are you? Hi, I'm really well, thank you. I'm uh, delighted to be here, if not slightly terrified. Yeah, she did just say that there was an option there for her to leave the meeting (laughs) as I press record. And I'm grateful that she chose not to. But we have just been laughing because I was saying to Tiffany that we're going to be talking about her three proudest moments. And she said, yeah, I've done some prep around it. She said, and I've chosen not to talk about the fact that I've done an Ironman. And I'm like, you know, if I'd have done an Ironman, Tiffany, it would have been right up there as number one. (laughs) So I can't wait to see what could be more proud than an Ironman. This is going to be intriguing. Oh my goodness. I hope they're okay now. (laughs) And it wasn't just Iron Man, was it, that you reeled off in that little list? So come on, we've just got to get them in. Give me the other ones because they're huge. They are huge and they are brilliant. And I am eternally proud of it. Although, can I just say, saying things that I'm proud about myself is really, really hard. So I I am the world's biggest cheerleader. Like if anyone needs a cheerleader, hook me up. I'm there. I'll shout as loud as I possibly can to the point where I'll probably fight for people more than I would ever fight for myself. Mm -hmm. So putting my proudest moments down is I am literally having to curl my toes and put my (laughs) big girl underpants on and go, right, you've got this. You can say this. So I have sailed for South Africa. We tried for an Olympic campaign to go to Beijing 2008. We never made it. We got to 2007 at the World Championships, and that's when our our journey ended. But it was phenomenal, and I got to represent my country. How brilliant is that? With with an amazing crew, I might add, who is an exceptional sailor, and it was just a wonderful journey. We could spend a whole hour talking about that. That isn't even on the list. That is not on the list. (laughs) God. So Ironman, like yeah. Olympic campaign for sailing. And what was the other one? Ultra running. I've done an ultra. Well, I did an ultra yeah. marathon last year. It's just one of those little ultra runs. What are they like? A hundred kilometers or um, something? No, to be fair, this one was only 52 kilometers. Only. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I thought at the end of it, though. I, will, I won't lie. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, they are phenomenal achievements in themselves, particularly the sailing one for a woman here who hasn't got any sea legs whatsoever. I find that remarkable. So I can't wait then to hear what is on the list and and what's actually made it into your top three. And we're going to dig into each one in turn and sort of look at what you learned and what it's meant for you. So let's kick off then with number one and see where it takes us. So I am a naturally positive thinker. I naturally look at things in in a positive way. I'm a lover of adventure, as you can tell. I just, you know, bring it on. It's just life is for living. And it's and it's not because I've had a particularly easy life. I've just chosen to focus on the good stuff and chosen to bring that energy. It's what wakes me up and, and gets me going. So my number one proudest moment, Angela, is that I'm here talking to you today. Oh, no. It, that yeah. can't be a better than yes, an ultra is. run. No. Yes, I am so proud. So here's why. People have always said to me, Tiff, you're so good at what you do. You're really good and and, I, and you're so successful and you find blah, 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 so easy. And I'm like, I've never believed it. I've never, ever believed it. But if I'm honest with myself, I am really good at what I do and I'm really proud of what I've achieved, you know. And so me on this podcast with you today is kind of not the end of, but a part of my next journey to go, yeah, man, I'm here and I'm doing it. And I'm talking to you today. I'm so proud to be on this podcast with you, Angela. You have no idea. It is so incredible to hear somebody say that they've gone from being in that place where they didn't quite believe that the value of their strength or that their own worth, and now you're recognizing it. So I mean, that's a huge transition in itself. Mm. So if we're talking about a proud moment, we'll make it that. Mm. But what's made that happen? Because that's, the, you know, that's the holy grail for most women. Mm. How have you actually made that transition? And honestly, I think it's been a couple of years. So I rewind the clock a couple of years back, probably three years ago, I recognized that my role that I was in wasn't as fulfilling as I I felt it was. So I embarked on a mentoring journey and I found a mentor who was just brilliant at unlocking a couple of things for me. Confidence was one of them. I could never really find my voice and my confidence. And so one of the big things when somebody's employing you is they want to know that you can confidently do something for them, right? So I'd go, and it's the age-old story of how big is the fish? And well, you know, the fish was small and then you know, some people say it was extra large, but actually, you know, I would go, well, it was this big and it wasn't anything. So it was working on my confidence. And then I found by building my confidence, I was able to speak to people more. And then I started building on those things. And over the last years, two years, it was was that process. And then I started, I thought, well, the only person that's responsible for my journey is my own journey. And I focused myself on myself entirely. So I went through a process of identifying my strengths, what I want to focus on, being really clear on what my goals are and what would make my heart happy. And by doing that, my shoulders physically started to go backwards a bit and I started to walk a bit taller and I started to really accept who I was as a person. Whether you like it or not, this is me. I found my voice. Over those two, three years journey, I've found my voice and I've kind of gone, well, this is what I can bring to you. These are the things I categorically do know. And the ones I don't, frankly, I'm good enough. I'll be able to learn it and I'll be able to pick it up. And I remember distinctly in my interview for the role that I'm currently in now, 
there was a question about something and internally I was going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know the answer. And I said, I said, well, look, I don't know the answer to that specifically, but what I can do is I can do this, I can do that and do that. And I will get to the point where I can lead X. And it was such an empowering moment for me because I suddenly went, you know, just by being myself, bringing my authentic self to the table, I'm suddenly, I'm suddenly seeing the success of me. And I'd never looked at it in that way before. Everyone else around me had always seen it. And everyone else has always said, said, you're tenacious. You're able to get stuff done. You're really good at all of this. And you're really good at leading people. And I'm like, okay, and nod and smile. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's it's a journey that I've gone on. I've been quite specific about doing it. And I've really had to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. And there's been moments when I've sort of sat there scratching my head going, I don't know that I've gone 10 strengths that I can, you know, point up, but but you you dig and you dig and you dig a bit deeper. And suddenly you might not remember all 10, but you remember three. Yes. And those are what make your shoulders go back and you go, yeah. And it's just the culmination of that journey that's been so magical for me. And it's massive. And, and what you're talking about there is, you know, so often we're focusing on the gap, what mm. we don't know, what we mm. can't do, what we don't have you know, what other people have. Yeah. And we fail to see what we can do and fail to kind of put that out there and shine. So you've described how you've managed to do that. But I guess what I'm interested in is there was a moment in time where you recognized that you needed to work on you. Mm. And I talked to men and women about prioritizing themselves Mm. over and above everybody else. Mm. And as a leader in particular, you can quite often get hung up on helping everyone else rather than yourself but you made that definitive choice yeah and that's what's led to this kind of understanding of who you are your identity and your voice as you describe it and you can feel it I mean you can feel the self-belief and the authenticity but not in a arrogant way in just a really natural humble way where it's just like effervescence really that's coming from you today thank you yeah thank you people always say I'm always positive and happy and all that sort of stuff I'm not all the time and I'm actually believe it or not I'm actually quite an introvert I love talking to people don't get me wrong but I do genuinely like being in my own quiet space I love reading and taking the conscious effort over the last eight months to focus on myself has been a really big thing for me but it's genuinely been a a life-changing experience and I think for anyone out there who's struggling with wherever they are in in their their roles or their careers or how they're managing people or or life or family I think if you start with yourself Mm. that's the influence that you can have control what you can control absolutely that inner circle love that okay so I mean this is inspirational stuff Because you're talking about authenticity and just being you as opposed to trying to be what you think other people want you to be. And that's starting to elevate your success. You were already successful, but your own belief is now elevating that. Yeah. And you've got this amazing new role with a fabulous charity. And it's I remember when we first met, you were talking about the fact that you wanted to get into the next level, into this new space because you had more to give. Yes. And so tell us about the new role while we're in this kind of realm of <laughs> authenticity and self-belief. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. I was nervous leaving Specsavers, wonderful employer, fantastic group of people, extremely supportive and frankly, 
part of my journey I've grown because I've grown with them and so it was I guess unfortunate that the headhunters contacted me and I had the conversation with them and I genuinely didn't think I'd get the job but I thought as part of my own development and things were it was the middle of COVID and things weren't great and I suddenly went what's in it for my future and what is in it for my career and I had to do that sort of self-realization and I've joined the company having gone through the, the interview process, again, just being me. That was something I wanted to be very clear on. I was like, I'd bring my authentic self to the interview and say what I knew, bring to the table my technology experience. I've got 20 odd years of that, but coupled with my outstanding personality, yeah, but wouldn't you want to employ me? <laughs> but again, it's, it's so much about what does the, the who, you, who you're working with or for, it, it depends on who they want as a person as well. You know, and I'm an effervescent leader. I love people. I bring people along, I think. And being at the charity now in the role that I'm in, I'm able to do that. So I've got a phenomenal IT team that I work with who are, frankly, leading cutting edge technologies that you would never have guessed from a charity because everyone puts charity in a box, don't they, where they go, charity, can't really afford stuff, not really doing it very well. Frankly, we've got some cutting-edge technology that we're implementing. We've got some amazing new plans that we've got for the next year, all brilliant. And But from a leadership perspective, I'm in a role where I'm on a board. I sit, I influence what we're thinking in terms of strategy. Where are we going? What do we want to do? How does that impact our people? How does that impact the people we're looking after? Mm-hmm. My leading, my mentoring of other people and all of that sort of stuff is just all happening around me and I absolutely love it I feel like I'm contributing one of my I guess one of my key values is to feel that I'm contributing and if I don't feel like I'm contributing I feel like I'm wasting people's time so I feel like I'm making a difference here and I'm able to help people around me be Mm. better than what they were yesterday And, and and I love it I really love it I'm so so lucky to be in the role that I'm in now it's incredible because not only are you helping the people that work for you, but the wider cause as well has mm. got such a purpose-led element to it anyway, yes. hasn't it? So, yeah. you know, what's not to love? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And and I think, again, you know, you could go into going, working in palliative care can be really depressing. Mm. And a lot of people actually said that to me, like, oh, you're going to be in tears all the time. And I thought, yeah, it's sad. People do die. But you know what? Eventually we all die. Mm. And I've found it quite the opposite. Although you might argue that I probably would have anyway, but it's really inspiring working somewhere where death is is quite close and you can see it and you can be influenced by it. And it's all about the person that's dying for sure. But it's also about the people that are left. Yes. And how families. you deal. Yeah. How do you deal with life after losing somebody who's so close to you? I lost my mum seven years ago. And only now am I realizing that she's gone and I've had to face into that. And that's a big, big, big thing. So to be in an area like that, as if I wasn't inspired by life in the first place, this has just taken it to the next level. And I, you know, just it's just wonderful being able to be in this environment. Yeah, I'm making a huge difference. Mm. The the families, I think, is that having gone through what I've just gone through, my husband, which is slightly different and, you know, we didn't have sort of the the death element there, but there was definitely a risk. And the impact on family is huge in terms of the transition that you have to go through. So having someone supporting makes a huge difference. Yeah. And I think technology, and obviously I need to bring this in, but technology wise, care is so disjointed. 
You have to phone multiple providers of different places. They're not connected. You yeah. tell them your diagnosis about 59,000 times, yes. and it's really annoying. So the opportunity exists to connect people and providers together from a technology perspective. Yeah. I think you can talk about virtual reality and robots and artificial intelligence, all of that sort of stuff, but really I just don't want to have to repeat myself 50 yeah. times which is what I'm sure you had to do with, it wasn't death, but it was in that clinical environment. Which is actually very traumatic for the person that is having to do that because you're actually re-traumatizing yourself every time you have to repeat it. And no one else does it for you. Mm. You have to do it. So as well as experiencing what you're experiencing, you then have to manage the experience. And that's horrible. Yeah, so if you can make that easier for yeah, sure. anybody, that would me. be am- yeah, just you yeah, know, tomorrow. No <laughs> I'll add it to the list. I've got it. Well, <laughs> then I did say when I tell you I'm going to do something, I do it. So but you I'm did, not, yeah. I'm not confirm. <laughs> and it's on a recording now. I'm sure you just said it's on the list. Sorry, what was it? It's just a broken connection. <laughs> Give me number two. I can't wait. So number two and number three are slightly linked, but. It would go without saying if I didn't say I was proud to be a mum. And I am, I look, I struggled when my boys were little. I really struggled. I was in a country a million miles away from my family, Mm. in a country where things are done differently. South Africa, it's pretty common to have a C section. Here, not so much. I was like, oh my God, what do we do? I had a very sick mum who unfortunately passed away when my little one was only three months in my tummy. So that was really tough. And it was just a tough time in life. So after my maternity leave, I continued to work full time when both my boys are really young. And I think the juggle, frankly, nearly broke me, you know, and the juggle continues now, although I've got it a little bit more under control. But now that the fog's lifted and, you know, the juggle continues and, and that's just the, the life of a working parent, I can't help but feel my chest puff with pride when I see these two little humans who go out there day after day doing what they do, being everything that they can be, not that I want them to be, but that they can be. And I just, I think, gosh, I've had an influence mm. in that. And isn't that wonderful? You know, and I secretly love that they're just as adventure loving as I am as well. (laughs) So that's cool. But yeah, it's just so, I love it. I'm so proud of it. It's like the ultimate leadership role, isn't it? Parenting. Yeah. And I always wonder whether there's something to be taken from the role of a parent and transferred into leadership, because what you get is that compassionate element as well Mm. is often lacking in leadership. And so when I hear you talk about it in those terms and that kind of puffing of the chest with pride, it's really lovely to hear because it's not coming from a place of push your parent, look what my child's achieved. It's that, you know, they're the best that they can be. And, and that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. And it transfers a little bit more. So I teach the youngsters at our sailing club. I run a little sailing course. I'm not, I'm not anything major, but I run a little sailing course. And again, you know, by empowering people, and, and this goes for saying for anyone, by giving people the tools to believe in themselves. And if I can help them, encourage them to go, yes, you can do it. And why don't you give it a try? And without being that pushy parent or anything, it's just about, you know, helping people through something that they may be struggling with. And that's just immensely rewarding. Just in general, I find that just wonderful. 
So, yeah, and my boys challenge me. And I think the converse to it being a good leadership role is actually it's really hard because you have to put your own wants and desires to one side and you have to do what they want. And and my eldest is very different to me and we, we often don't see things in the same way. And that I find really challenging. Also, I have to sometimes check myself and go, yeah, yeah, maybe he's right. Yeah, or maybe it's just a different perspective. Or just a different perspective, yeah. And it's it's real, so it's cool. I love it, and I'm I'm so proud of them, and I'm so proud to be a mum. And it is the hardest role. Yes, because I'm a mum too. (laughs) Oh man, I mean, you said you struggled at the beginning. I still struggle now. And mine are thirteen and eleven. It never gets any easier. I think we're in the honeymoon phase, and I'm just watching my friends who now have teenagers, and I'm like, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> oh man honestly there, there is no book that can help you to no. kind of navigate how to look after children at no. the various ages that they are it's so no. and you know another thing I really love I was chatting to the CEO of one of the companies I'm working with at the moment yesterday we had a great chat he was so open about his childcare and what he was doing and that's a real shift mm. 10 years ago you wouldn't have found that would you whereas I think COVID's had a lot to do with it but also just a general acceptance that we're all parents. It's yes. not just mum that does it and it's not just dad. We're all parents. And I think that's really, really encouraging as well. So he was telling me about what he was doing. And, you know, so we had to end the call a bit earlier because he had to go and do something. And I'm like, cool, no problem. Fine. You know, because I understand and he understands. Yes. And I think that just makes it so much easier to do business, actually, when you <laughs> You know, in this example, it's parenting. But if you just come at it from a place of honesty and authenticity, that's yeah. this is what I'm bringing. It, yeah, it really, really yeah. makes that easier. And not trying to hide it because, you know, no. maybe even two years ago, we'd have been thinking, right, I've got to take Coral mm. mm. to the dentist. What can I say at work that, yeah. that isn't going to come across as, you know, oh, mum taking Coral to the dentist? Yeah. We don't have to hide that stuff anymore. I think COVID has been the transition point for that, which is good. So proud of being a role model mummy. We love that. So how does that link in with number three? Because you said they're linked. Yeah, so there is a link. I am proud because we're talking about what I'm proud of. I am proud of being asked to be a mentor. Oh, nice. I mean, I don't have it figured out by all means, but I'm honoured, genuinely deeply quite honoured when people say, ask me for advice or support. I guess I'm genuinely quite a curious person. I live curiously. So I always ask questions. And my husband, and I love talking to people, and my husband always jokes at me and he's like, oh, they spoke to you, did they? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you won't believe who I met on the train ride. Oh, well, I am that annoying person. But I genuinely love helping people see the best versions of themselves mm. by, our, you know, by offering those questions that make them think further than what they're thinking now. By seeing those visual light bulb moments go off where somebody goes, oh, yeah. And you're like, yes. You know, it just, I, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It is a beautiful thing. And I, I am genuinely proud that I have a number of people have asked me to be their mentor. And I'm just like, of course I will. I love, I love it. And I do it for anyone that, you know, it's just brilliant. So I'm proud of that because for me, that makes me feel like, although I haven't got it all figured out, I've obviously got something. <laughs> Well, you're further along the path, aren't you? Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, isn't it, is people will look at you in in a leadership position that you hold 
And particularly in that technology space for women, which, you Mm. know, there aren't many roles that women hold there. And they'll be looking at you and thinking, how do I do that? Mm. You know, and you'll be able to help people understand what the path is to take and Mm. the lessons that you've learned along the Mm. way. Mm. Because people can see that effervescence every day and, and they'll be wanting some of that. Yeah. It's funny, you know, I Googled my role the other day. Have you ever Googled CTO? No. Yeah. Google CTO and have a look at the images that come up. Is it the kind of the white middle-aged man? Basically, yeah. And I'm like, we need to change that. But yeah, so mentoring people and, and particularly mentoring girls, I have got guys that I mentor as well, but it's a joy that I just get inside that I just love, love helping people see themselves for where they are. So yeah, I'm really, really proud of that actually. Although it's that's not something that you would actively promote, is it? It's just that's quite a personal thing. No, but it's a lovely thing and, and it just demonstrates your ability to make a difference and give back, which is what you were talking about in the first example. So, mm-hmm. you know, that all of these things are connected to your value and your worth and the way that you operate and Mm. it's coming through everything that you're saying Mm. which is lovely I do feel quite sorry for pale male and stale men at the moment because I think they're getting a really bad press aren't they yeah they are are. (laughs) I look at my husband and think god there's no hope for you now (laughs) because you're in that category yeah well they don't have to be pale they can go into the sunshine and get a bit of suntan so that's all right But look, they're they're an important part of our ecosystem as well, because let's be honest, you can't have the converse, which is a whole bunch of women running certain sectors. So the happy medium is that we all play nicely together. But I think there's just unfortunately the scale's a little bit tipped in the wrong direction. But as soon as we bring it back together, I think it's great. I'm not one of those people that's all for women. I know that that's probably not what you want to hear. I am No, I'm the same. I'm all for people. I'm all for you being the best version of yourself, whether you're male or female. And, you know, I've got to this role where I am. Actually, it was really funny. I heard by the grapevine when I started, one of the feedback from one of the members in my team was, she's really technical. And I'm like, (laughs) why wouldn't I be as a chief technology officer? You know, why why wouldn't I be? (laughs) And it was really interesting. And I thought, well, I am really technical. But I'm also a really good leader and I'm also really good, you know, there are multiple facets to me. So again, and it doesn't have to be in the male version, it can be a female too, which is where where it's inspiring, isn't it? That's those biases though, isn't it, that we hold. And and I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not kind of, you know, raving feminist. I think my belief is I want to make sure that the right person gets the job. Yes. Based on the skills and expertise that they have. So I think that's where I want to see us moving rather than you get the job because, yeah. you know, you're X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I think that for the individual is important as well from that self-belief perspective, isn't it? That yeah. I got it on merit rather than yeah. because. Yeah. So, yeah, we need to start to see your picture now on Google <laughs> as CTO <laughs> and then all of these mentees that you bring along that come yeah. into the realm as well. That would yeah, be absolutely. amazing legacy, wouldn't it? I'd love that. I would love to see everyone that I'm into at the moment to progress and frankly go past me because I don't think I'm very good at what I do. I just do it. <laughs> well, there's the humility bit, isn't there? Coming through. Yeah. So we've got kind of, I mean, we've got all of that awe-inspiring stuff at the beginning, which are things that you have done as mm. an individual. Mm. And then what we're hearing in your proudest moments are actually how you engage with other people and make a difference there and how that makes you feel. Yeah. 
And so I really like those as proudest moments because it kind of demonstrates the values that you hold. And so if we were thinking about the kind of the next question, and it's the big question really, which is what's the secret to success in your view? What do you believe that that's made up of? That's a really, such a good question. And, you know, there are so many quotes that you could quote and all of that. But ultimately, I think it comes down to being authentic and being truly present in a moment and being curious. I'm genuinely very curious about most things. I'm like, how does that work? Or how does that work? You know, I ask questions a lot. And I think that's really helped me to get to where I am today. And Combining that authenticity with that curiosity and being truly present, it it genuinely is a gift to yourself because you can then focus on what you're doing. But don't be afraid to have a bit of fun as well. (laughs) Have a laugh and make a joke. And I often say in my leadership meetings, we spend 10, 15 minutes just talking about life. You know, what's happening in your world? What's happening in mine? You know, kids are kicking off or not, you know, all of that. So just, just get to know each other as people. and. If you have those good conversations, it makes the slightly harder conversations, which we sometimes need to have, slightly easier because you know that person a little bit more Mm. to be able to have that conversation. And I don't shy away from that by any means. And, in fact, I'm quite honest and open with people. But, yeah, just just be authentic, I think, is probably my secret to success. And only a recent one from what you were saying earlier. So it's something that you've grown into. Yeah, as far as I feel, I probably – consciously unconsciously I've probably been doing it but consciously going no I'm really going to say what I think here and and if you don't like it well then let's talk about it and I'm you know reasonable enough pragmatic enough to go maybe my view will change but yeah I, I have been in the past too shy perhaps or lacking confidence to actually say what I think and I genuinely think that's probably held prospective employers or people thinking about a promotion back because they've gone well she doesn't really have an opinion or she might not really know what she's talking about because she's keeping quiet. Yes. Whereas actually it's quite the opposite. It's so interesting this because you've talked about curiosity and you talked about authenticity and I see curiosity as a real stepping stone to unleash the authenticity because mm. often what is in the way of authenticity is fear. So in mm. your case, you talked about the fear of speaking up and saying mm. what you think and we let the fear get in the way. But actually, curiosity is the way that you can unlock the authenticity because you don't have to know everything when you're curious. You can use it as a mechanism to learn and to find out and to bridge the gaps that you might have. And that then allows you to be authentic because you're not having to be the know-it-all that doesn't know it. Yeah. But they go so well together. I really like that as a kind of equation for for success. Yeah, and I think... Coming back to my new role that you asked me about earlier, one of the things that I've thoroughly enjoyed about the last six months is being able to say, look, can you help me understand that? Can you talk me through that? I don't quite get that because there is, after you've been in a a company or or a place for more than a certain amount of time, there's an expectation that you just know stuff. And you almost lose your voice a little bit because you're a bit too scared to say, well, actually, I don't know. Because you're yeah. scared of that, you know, what if you, what if you get wrong type thing? So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, curiosity. I love I it. I love it, yeah. I love it. And that I think ability. Right all the time, by the way, can I just say, no. you know, for the, for the credits, I'm not always right. <laughs> <laughs> Apart 
from with your husband. I mean, we're yeah. always right with our husbands. Yes, aren't we? that's true. This is you true. Know, let's just pop that out there. <laughs> Mr. Cox knows this. <laughs> yeah, you're always right, Angela, except for when you're wrong. <laughs> but wouldn't you agree that you wouldn't have it any other way? Though? Oh, definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. You know, that old saying behind every great man is an even better woman. Behind this great woman is an even better man. Let me tell you. Yeah. He puts up with an awful lot. You actually said that before we came on air. Yeah. You said he's a great sailor. He's better than me. <laughs> He'll love that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, he, he's more than just a great sailor. He is my absolute rock. And I think that's also mm. a big part of my success, you know, is having that second in charge or partner shoulder to shoulder Yeah, who encourages you but also catches you. Oh, Love that. She just did a hand movement that was so you, you can't see it. And it's just <laughs> sorry, <funny>. yeah. <laughs> I, the, I can totally relate to this. And you know, we are lucky that we have these men. And obviously, I nearly lost mine in the summer from a cognitive perspective, which had me on the floor. Yeah, I can really relate to what you're saying there. Yeah. So secret of success then is about being true to who you are, but you've got to know who you are first. And that was your first proudest yeah. moment, was really understanding that. Then being authentic in the way that you then come across and using curiosity as a mechanism. So if anybody out there is feeling that they have to be something other than who they are on the inside, just know that that actually can get in your way and people really pick up on that and it starts to influence the trust equation and, you know, people are kind of seeing you but not fully seeing you. And so it can really hold you back. So Embrace your inner Tiffany yeah, and man. start to be more authentic, more true to you and use that curiosity as the way to make that happen. Yeah. Brilliant advice. <laughs> no wonder you're a great mentor, Tiffany. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, we, we could just talk forever. Yes, we really you know. could. <laughs> I've loved and, speaking to you, by the way. It's so oh, nice. I mean, it's just been forever since we had that conversation face to face, but it's lovely to catch up in this environment and you really are an inspiration to to many so thank you for sharing so openly I didn't expect anything else to be fair because you know that's who you are but yeah you've given lots of nuggets today that will help people go away and shine too so thank you for your openness and your honesty it's been an absolute pleasure I can't thank you enough it genuinely is a proud moment for me so thank you so much Oh, you're very welcome. And no doubt we will do it again yes, at some in point in the future. In, in person, because we're like <laughs> half an hour away from each other, which we didn't realize. So yeah, that would be amazing. So thank yeah. you for everything and good luck in the next 12, 18 months in the role. And thank let's you. see what happens and see how many more women you can get to that Google page. That's what <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And so just like that, we're at the end of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time listening today and a big thank you from me for taking the time. I'd really love it if you would be able to leave a review because it really does help us to get noticed. And if you haven't already, why not subscribe and then you never miss an episode. I wish you a lovely rest of the day, whatever it is that you're doing, and I hope that you stay safe and well.